Welcome to Wolfpack Career Chats from NC State University's Career Development Center, the only podcast dedicated to providing NC State students with current, relevant, and thought-provoking ideas that will challenge you to think about your future. Whether you want to know more about what hiring managers are really thinking, or you just need to hear an honest and encouraging story about overcoming obstacles to reach your goals, we've got you covered. Wolfpack Career Chats is just one of the many services we provide. Whether it's career fairs, on-campus interviews, co-op opportunities, or more, we are here for the pack. Hello, this is Marcy Bullock. Welcome to Wolfpack Career Chats. On the line today from Austin, Texas is Adam Yee. Welcome, Adam. Great to be here, Marcy. I'm looking at your LinkedIn profile uh, while we're talking, and the top of it says, my food job rocks. Share your passion for food, and who doesn't have a passion for food that's listening today? So to start off, Adam, tell us your elevator pitch. That's one of the things we try to teach students if you were popping on an elevator and making a first impression with your dream employer. What would you say about yourself? That's actually something I haven't thought of because I, I guess it depends on who I'm talking to because um, I don't want to say I'm multi-talented, but I, I have a lot of things and sometimes it's hard to really splay it out um, to everyone. I think in a professional setting, uh, I would say I'm a food scientist. And what is interesting about saying I'm a food scientist is that most people don't know what that means. So at almost every networking event I go to, probably 80% of the people there have no idea what a food scientist is. So just having that tagline as and which is a common profession um it, you know you guys have a major there in in uh, nc state um it brings some really interesting discussions to the table so usually i start with that and then as people kind of know more about me i can go two variety two different ways so one is that i'm a food scientist that focuses on plant-based meat technology um so companies like beyond meat impossible they make burgers out of plants and part of my job right now is to do things similar to that. Um, but the other angle is that I dabble into podcasting. So the tagline, my food job rocks is the name of my podcast where I interview an expert in the food industry every single week. And this has been going on for four years. We have around 220 episodes um, and also hundreds of articles on the website. I have taken a look at your podcast and your articles, and that's why I invited you today. However, your expertise is going to be on being you and on life and on stumbling and falling and getting back up again. So I'd love you to dive in a little bit. Um, you were talking about Beyond Meat, the fact that you started a company. Uh, please share a little bit of that journey with our listeners today. Great. Oh, man, where to start? So... Uh, I, I have a bachelor's in um, Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. That's not too important, but I think the spark of entrepreneurship was um, at my first job. And I worked at a granola bar factory where I woke up at 4 a.m. Um, every day shoveling granola into a mixer and then making like a million granola bars a day. And um, it, was, it wasn't a good job. I didn't really like it as my first job, I was like, wow, is this all for me for the rest of my life? Obviously that's not true, but at the time, as my first job, I had that mindset. And I was like, I might need to find a, a different way to do things. So 
I started the spark happened where I started to kind of being kind of researching online about uh, how to make a business or or even talking to local people around the community about saying how do you learn about this type of thing and eventually what ended up happening was uh, I, I did end up starting to this weird business where I um, sold pizza peels or, or pizza boards and they would have like science language on them. Uh, but that didn't work out very well. What actually happened was I got so frustrated with inventory that um, I, I love telling this story. Now I, I used to never have the courage to tell it, but now since in hi- it's hindsight 2020 um, it's easier to tell, but um, basically a bunch of um, pirates stole my inventory um, through hacking <laughs> and they took it all and I was devastated. So um, that was like kind of my first entrepreneurial failure. Uh, and, and I was so scared to start again. Um, the next time I did start again was through, um, okay, well, what if I got rid of the physical asset part? Um, and if I could sell something digital, then you, you have two things going on for you. One is that your, your value is harder to sell because it is, um, it's just not tangible. Like the value is very subjective on digital um, assets. Uh, and two, uh, like I wouldn't have to worry about physical assets in terms of a monetary perspective. So uh, I was like, okay, well, what if I start with, I don't know, a podcast? And I ended up like thinking of some type of food podcast uh, I didn't have the idea until I got pushed to do it by um, an article from a from another startup um, called Food Grads, which is a really cool site. You guys should check it out at foodgrads.com. Uh, they were my first believers in in setting up the podcast. They they just um, had the support. I could launch it on their platform, and so after around 15 episodes or so, um, I ended up branching out of that um, platform and start my food job rocks. So the reason why I bring this up with starting um, the company, the plant-based meat company, Better Meat Co. is that after 102 episodes of my food job rocks, which took you know two years, uh, I ended up interviewing a, a famous animal activist and his name is Paul Shapiro. And he, he wrote a book called Clean Meat that talked about um, lab grown or cell-based meat um, in a very pop side fashion. And by interviewing him, um, because people, my audience was interested in the topic, uh, we got to know each other. And eventually he contacted me saying, hey, I'm interested in doing this project. Do you know any food scientists that can help me out? And I'm thinking like, huh, I'm a food scientist. Uh, Can I give it a try? And eventually that ended up making a a prototype that looked nothing like the finished product. And um, eventually we... we, uh, we started a company in Sacramento. So that was an adventure in itself. It was pretty much three people who had expertise in very specific fields. So mine was food scientists. I, mine was being a food scientist, uh, learning how to, or executing, making a product from start to finish on a manufacturing scale. We had a great operations person and Paul was, um, knew how to raise money. So, uh, so that was a really important thing to understand about team dynamics. 
It sounds like you had the right mix of people at the right time. And I love how you started your story, Adam, about just shoveling granola bars, because typically when people come right out of college, they aren't in their dream job immediately. And we talk about paying your dues and rolling up your sleeves and getting dirty, which you literally did. And, and then just going for this passion of the podcast, which opened up this other door for you to be an entrepreneur. And this is, um, this is what I want you to tell us a little bit more about, about your journey once you were an entrepreneur. And if you would encourage people to maybe follow that dream of a really great idea that they have to monetize. It. Great. So let me let me talk about the idea of Better Me Co, which is still going on right now. It's still um, it just raised a lot of money recently, um, but it is a business to business platform where we would sell big meat companies a plant based solution. And generally, our focus was more on the aspect of blending. So we would sell them the idea that um, you could have a delicious product made with half meat, half vegetables. What's surprising was very novel. It, it was a, it was interesting. It's very interesting to see solutions and why people don't accept them right away. Um, and it was very interesting to talk to customers about what they like, what they don't like, and just tallying it up as research. I think the big thing is that, um, it was a very simple idea, um, but uh, it was it was a hard idea to execute, just in terms of perception basis. Um, so, how did it all start? It, basically, I moved to Sacramento. We set up a, I set up a, a, a kitchen lab. So I, I did all the art research and development in my kitchen. Uh, it was a very cramped, very rundown apartment that um, didn't have heating or it wasn't very good heating um, and just made formulas. Uh, luckily I understood where to get certain ingredients. Um, I understood um, what type of processes were necessary to kind of scale up fast. The whole goal of that specific stretch was to commercialize very fast. So you can spend a lot R and D and you can spend a lot of time doing research but the goal of this was to sell product fast. So I had to make a kind of a catch-all solution um, that involved uh, a plant-based material and having it complement or enhance even, that was our key word, meat. So we, we could make a formula that not only had better nutrition, but also um, soak up meat when you cook it. So it'll be a juicier like burger or chicken nugget. Um, and then just enhance meat in all sorts of different ways by adding fiber, adding plant-based proteins, um, whatever you choose. Uh, we also sorted out our products through like allergens. So if you were, if you didn't like gluten, we'd had a gluten-free option and all that. Um, that and our just to break, jump though, in, oh, can sorry. I just jump in really of quick? Course. Yeah, just because I, <laughs> I know you said this was kind of novel, and mm -hmm. you know the West Coast does things a little faster than than we do on on the uh, uh, on the East Coast at, at times. I mean, mm -hmm. I haven't tried anything like this before, where you've got the half meat, half plant, and you have your bachelor's degree, right? You didn't go yep. to graduate school, so you you were able to do all of this, come up with this kitchen and this apartment. Sacramento and I'm just like wow my jaw is dropping that is that is incredible yeah um, uh, so let me actually give you an intermediate 
advantage that I had through my second job. So I thought I'd be in my granola bar job forever. Uh, but a year and a half later, I got an opportunity to work at a, at a pretty nice corporate um, laboratory. Um, not lab- Well, it, it was a company called Isogenics where they had a good food kitchen lab. And um, they had really smart people um, getting products to market. And what was the biggest advantage for me in that job was to learn the whole process and having the, the opportunity to learn that whole process really helped me. And so how did I do this? Well, I was very lucky to be on a business trip thanks to a previous uh, executives. Um, I guess I don't want to say error, but, but he left something on the table that the new executive uh, chief science officer wanted to check out. And he, uh, I was the person who kind of had the last um, talk about it. And so we flew up to Montreal, Canada, and we had a great time. And uh, I think through the talks we've had, um, that sparked him to kind of mentor me. So having having like, there's a term for this, but having buy-in from senior management is extremely important to accelerate your career. And having someone like like the chief science officer um, have weekly meetings with me, have the ability to have my back when I would um, front options or front um, challenges or, or front even innovations to other departments has been extremely valuable. I, I think that to cut out the bureaucracy that you might have going into a corporate job, the best way to do that is have senior buy-in or senior sponsorship um, just, just as an, an emotional level to really have you climb up the ranks. And I flat out told him, like, I want to learn the whole process. And he would throw me into meetings that were very challenging, uh, that were high risk. Um, and <laughs> I would either sink or swim. And I've sunk in a lot of times and I swam a lot of times. And so, but I think, I think that gives you the basis of understanding the kind of the goal in mind if you were to build something on your own. You have Let to. Me, you and, can, yep, sorry. Go yeah. Ahead. Let me jump in on that one too, mm-hmm. Adam, because you hit on so much with that with getting this mentor that saw potential in you. And I guess I, I want to go and, and, and just layer under that for a moment to say, how do you actually develop that rapport and get that buy-in from a senior manager and cultivate a mentor relationship, which sounded so pivotal in your career success? Yeah. Um, so first you have to succeed at something that is really tough on your own and you have to develop either rapport or a reputation in the company to be known as someone who executes and gets stuff done. I think that's the most important thing. So one of my first projects was, was a a kind of a, a project that never got off the ground as a five year, um, five year old, uh, vegan bar project or, or plant-based bar project that had no soy, no wheat. Um, and it did pretty well in the market. But the point being is that, uh, it, it, it never got off the ground until I got involved and, um, kind of just cut through the BS and actually executed and launched it. Well, it's funny is that this was an emergency launch. So when it, when everyone didn't was just sitting twiddling their thumbs, um, not having anything to launch, uh, people were saying, Oh, we have this bar that, uh, Adam's been working on. And so they had to accelerate the process or I had to do a lot of work, I guess, to get that um, up to line. And then it launched and it did pretty well, like in terms of bar sales um, and in terms of new product sales too. So that, that, that gave me rapport. That gave me a reputation that um, I got something done. And I think that's really important 
um, <laughs> vital for entrepreneurship, of course. But uh, it's really important that uh, as you get into organizations, especially big organizations, a lot of people just want to sit there and do nothing. Um, and and there, there are very few people who want to actually pursue, push, and um, put a lot of effort into their jobs. And um, that's really hard to find. And some people will squish that that type of drive and some people will accelerate that type of drive. And I think it's very important in a company culture perspective to recognize that early on. Yeah. And that's, that's great that you talked about that work ethic that you had and that it wasn't just all luck, but that you really had to put in a lot of effort and gain credibility. So, so you had that as part of your history, fasting forward to you getting involved in this company. Would you recommend that students who have this idea, uh, that they should just believe in themselves and try it? That sounds so scary. And how did you overcome the fear? Um, I think having the right people as a team helps a lot. Um, I, I'm going to give you just two, two different scenarios. And one, because I, I guess technically I built two businesses. One is Better Meat Co. And one is My Food Job Rocks, which is technically a business. Yeah, uh, absolutely. LLC or whatever. Um, so, and, and in, my, in my eyes, both are very successful in their own different ways. And I think that's very important to keep in mind is that what is success to you um, in terms of who you're satisfying or, or you know, how much money it makes. Um, I think with Better Meat Co., what was great is that we had money, which is really important. Uh, luckily, the, the, uh, Paul, the CEO, um, know, he knows how to raise money. He knows the people who have a lot of money and buy those relationships over time, um, he was able to get that. So having that money cushion is actually very important. Um, just in a psychological perspective. So um, having that money and that confidence that people are actually believing in what you do by, by placing a bet on you, I think um, allows you to fill in the gaps as you continue pursuing an idea. Uh, it can be very stressful at times, of course, but um, it's, um, <laughs> this is what you have to do. Uh, so, and the next idea is my food job rocks. So now it's completely bootstrapped and what helped me was take, keeping was taking it slow and taking it slow was really important because, um, you know, I didn't have, I luckily have been doing this podcast for every, as a side project, so to say. And every time it wasn't my sole in, um, monetary value. And by doing this, I was able to test things and, and understand what people wanted. I understood, um, if I sent this out, was the messaging, uh, how did people respond to it? And just testing things over and over until I could, you know, either invest more, talk about it more, have the confidence to talk about it more, um, was really important to kind of build a foundation and, and just taking my time, um, and just really caring about who, who's listening, asking for feedback, um, understanding, what am I missing? What would you want to hear more of? While also understanding like, oh, I want to talk to this person because who knows what potential would be talk about. Um, I, one example is that I never thought I was going to talk more about food entrepreneurship um, than when I started. But uh, people with food companies started to reach out to me and I was like, oh, that would be interesting to learn about them. And so what was good Rocks was that by taking my time and understanding um, who was listening and who and what they wanted was really important. 
Those are such important points in any endeavor, you know, Mm -hmm. not rushing through it, having patience, and then the care part. That's, you know, one of the quotes I've heard is they care what you know when they know that you care. And that's something you can't fake. It has to be really genuine that for me, this podcast is about giving people a stage to tell their story and I'm helping students realize their potential. So that's what gets me up in the morning. And I love that you also asked for feedback. So you were open to tweaking it and changing it and improving it. So it sounds like overall you would say to go for it. And you have this quote about you have the power. Um, Tell me more about what that means to you if you're a, you know, 21-year-old who's graduating during a pandemic when the economy is crashing. Give us some inspiration, Adam. Um, Sure. I'll try my best. Uh, I I think the big thing is that you have the power to create something uh, right in front of you. And people do it all the time. More podcasts have been made than any, let me rephrase that, more podcasts have been made than ever before. People are looking at video. They're looking at live streaming. They're looking into all sorts of social media um, or not. And I think what's very important to understand is that um, these tools could not have been able, you could have not created a platform um, 50 years ago, even probably even 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Um, these new technologies like better cameras or streaming or anything like that, Um, those didn't exist, but now they do. And what that means is that you can create something specifically for whoever you want. And for me, like there was no content, there was barely any content about food science or, or food industry, um, until I started the podcast. Um, and until I started convincing people that there's, there's a market, um, I can't do this myself, uh, you guys should start a podcast or you guys should start a blogging platform or, or start, I don't know, even a Twitter handle. Like there are so many ways to inform people about what you do. And I think what is a great opportunity is um, very specialized content. So whatever major you're in, you are learning specialized things that no one else has available. So how can you turn that into digestible, um, knowledge that you can share to others that will have people be inspired um, by your content. I think one of my proudest accomplishments um, is actually an article that I wrote called what is food science and beginner's guide. And the only like the people I've interviewed and my myself included didn't know what food science was um, until we stumbled upon it. And that that's a big issue, at least for me. And most people stumble upon it in college or even 20 years into their career but I stumbled on it, luckily, through a Google search. I just Googled food in college, and somehow, I don't think it was my first um, thing, but um, somehow I found out about food science. So when you Google food science, which is now more talked about because there's now cooler technology going on, um, but when you Google food science, you find um, my, uh, my Food Job Rocks article called What is Food Science Beginner's Guide? And Woo-hoo, what that means that's is that, amazing. Yeah, Yay. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah that, what that means is I, I feel like I have influence in, in how people decide to go into food science by showing them an informed article. 
Right. And everyone has that content. And you talked about what you were curious about. So when you were even younger, like let's, let's go back in our time machine to maybe elementary school, like were you always curious about food or did this just pop in your head in college? Let me Google food science because I think a lot of times people feel like they have to be on this one trajectory, but you've done so many different things. Yeah. Um, I guess it started, if I were to break it down, middle school is when I started getting interested in cooking. Um, and I learned from my grandma a lot and I, and I learned from TV, um, high school, I started to apply that. So I would, I think one of the, if you read the book outliers, for instance, a lot of it has to do with practice, right? Like, like getting introduced at an early age. So I think Malcolm Gladwell introduces like the Beatles or Bill Gates they had at an early age practiced a lot. And what, what gave me the opportunity to practice was convincing my parents to give me 80 bucks a week to buy groceries and cook for the whole week. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> what so was your, could, what was your favorite thing to cook when you were that young? Gosh, it's actually omelets, but I love the eggs. I'm yeah, such a comfort yeah. food girl. Yeah. Eggs are the most um, fascinating um, product in the world, in my opinion, just because they're so versatile. If you, take the two components out, egg white and egg yolk. They can do so many different things um, and they're all different compositions, but I digress. Um, the big <laughs> one is that uh, I, I looked into Food Network. I, I watched it religiously. My favorite shows was uh, Good Eats, which uh, I met Alton Brown uh, once, which was uh, one of the best <laughs> days of my life. Um, still is actually. Uh, and what, what then happened is that, okay, so how do I execute um, my love of food? So I would do these weird lunches in high school where, uh, to, so I could, so I could stroke my ego and I would make uh, interesting dishes that I would share at lunchtime every Wednesday. In fact, there was a Facebook page called Wednesday lunches with Adam Yee. Someone made for me. And, um, <laughs> you know, there, there, there are talks about me becoming a chef and, and all that stuff. Like I wasn't that good, but, but I had enough humility to cook something and share it to people and have them like it. And I, I think that built up the ego portion of like, okay, I could do something with food. And um, I think culturally, like being a chef wasn't really a good job. Uh, there's just a lot of risk. And uh, I realized that pretty early on, thankfully, um, there's just too much risk. Uh, I had good enough grades that I could go to college. So I, I was like, okay, is there, is there something in food in college? And eventually I stumbled on food science got interested, wasn't what I expected actually, which is another issue that um, hopefully I could um, demystify. It just has to do a lot more with machines. Um, and then uh, got into it and I, and I got really interested into it about the potential that food, scientists, food science has done for the world. So, and your story yeah. is such a great one because you, you said so much about that, maybe pressures you had in your culture, like, Ooh, you should be a this or a that. Mm -hmm. I, I, I mean, I, parents aren't going, please grow up and have a podcast on food. And so there are a lot of pressures that hit on students. And then another thing that you said was just, I like to call them nudges from an early age. You, you loved cooking and it's kind of like a signpost leading you in a direction. Like, this is 
something you should spend a lot of your life doing. And we spend a third of our waking hours in our professional identities. So you were getting nudge after nudge. And the signpost kind of started getting more in focus that this would be where you would be today, even though when you were in college, you probably had no idea you'd be here. So now let's zoom into the future. And let's go into the year 2040 and ask the very wise Adam Yee, because he has 20 more years on the planet, what advice he would give to the 2020 Adam Yee. So I, I think the big thing is how do you communicate complex topics quickly and uh, in a fun way? And the big thing is that technology is going faster and faster. Uh, the future is faster than you think, which is also a very good book, by the way. And um, it you can be out of the loop very, very fast. So being cognizant about what's happening is very important, but also communicating it to your peers or superiors is even more important. And how do you communicate? Um, especially to complex topics. It takes a lot of work, but it has to be fun and entertaining and it has to be knowledge. So I, I think that the apex on those two makes you extremely valuable and gives you a ton of opportunity. Wow, this has been a fantastic conversation today, and we will link up to my Food Job Rocks podcast in our show notes. Thanks for being here, Adam. No problem. Great to be here. Thank you, Marcy. The NC State Career Development Center prepares and empowers students to identify and pursue their career goals. Stop by Pullen Hall to learn more. Thank you for listening to Wolfpack Career Chats, and we hope to see you around campus. Have a packtacular day.